eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story. And one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based championship team. Welcome, welcome to the Brett Boone Podcast. Explore the mind of MLB All-Star, Silver Slugger, and Gold Glove winner, Brett Boone, as he sits down with his friends from the world of professional sports. Now, Now, up to to bat, Brett Boone. Welcome to the Boone Podcast. I'm Brett Boone. Down on the program, I'm joined by a 2022 All-Star. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the show New York Yankee pitcher, Nestor Cortez. Nestor, I appreciate you coming on the program, man. No, thank you for having me. It's an honor. I wanted to start this out a little bit different. I mean, I know you've had a journey through uh, to get to where you are now. Uh, and, and we'll get to that in a second. But I want to have a quick all-star segment with you. I was thinking back years and years ago when, when I made my first all-star team and how how important it was. We we all grew up as kids. I'm sure you're similar to me. And, and the first thing, you, you always want to be a baseball player. And I want to be a baseball player. And then you get to the minor leagues. I want to be a big leaguer. You get to the big leagues. I want to be a everyday player, uh, you know, in the rotation. Then it gets to a point where, oh, my gosh, another level. I made the all-star team. I remember my first one. Um, 2022 was your first. Give me a little bit of insight on when you got the news. Who gave you the news? Was it was it Aaron, Aaron give you the news? It was. It was. We were in uh, – actually, weeks before that, I was a little nervous because to start off the year, I didn't really – you know, I I, I, I knew I, I came off to a good start, but I didn't know how reachable that was. Um and Aaron Boone in spring training was like, he came up to my locker in spring in Tampa and he, and he sat down next to me. He said, you're going to be an all-star this year. And I'm like, come on, man. Like, 
I just came off like three terrible years. I had a I had a, a good a good half year last year. I don't even know if I'm in the rotation and you're telling me I'm going to be an all-star. Like, how does that work? And um, like I said, I, I, I came off to a good start. Um, and it was getting to those weeks where, you know, votes were coming in and, you know, we had to perform. So people don't think that you're, you're you know, you were, you were capable of being the pitcher who, who, who I was being throughout the, throughout, throughout the whole, the whole half of the season. And we were in Boston and, and they called me into the office and Booney was like, Hey, remember, um, remember the conversation we had in Tampa and I already knew where he was coming from. So I'm like, yeah, I know. He goes, congratulations, dude, you made it. And I couldn't believe, I know I was having a good season. I wasn't, you know, oblivious to like not knowing what was happening, but just that news that, that him saying that to me was so filling at the moment because I, I, it's like you said, when you, when you're in high school, you want to make it to pro ball. When you're pro ball, you want to make it to big leagues. And it's like, I was in, I was in the big leagues and I didn't even know, you know, what to expect. And now I'm here making my first all-star game. And it was, it was an incredible feeling. Yeah. It's pretty awesome. And, and, you know, sometimes I never, I never got it, you know, uh, I got to go to a few of them and, and there were guys that had made six, seven, eight. Now we're not going to go to the all-star game this year. You know, I've got a little bit of a hamstring and I used to say, what are you talking about? You know, we got a window as an athlete. We got, if you're really good, you got 10 years. If you're exceptional, you go 15. And then obviously that, you know, guys that get to play this longer than 15 are very rare. Yeah. But I just thought, man, as a player, I want to suck up everything I can. I want to go everywhere I can. <laughs> if I go to the All-Star, I don't care if my leg's broken. I'm going to show up. I never understood that mindset of the All-Star game not being a big deal. It's an honor, and it's something we can't control. All we can control is what we do on the field, and then yep. we're at the mercy of the voters. If you don't get the votes, it's like, exactly. you know, and now it starts behind the scenes. And I remember a couple years where I'm thinking, man, I should be on that freaking team and i'm not but you're not going to go to the press and say oh i should be an all-star you just hey you know my job is to just help my team whoever that team is at the time exactly but uh did when you walked in for me it was it was like i was looking at all the names and and to myself i i I didn't say much which was rare for me but i was a young player and i just kind of took it all in like wow i'm with the best in the world right here and i thought it was cool the coolest thing for me uh, later on in my career is uh, I was in Seattle and Mike Cameron got named like during the middle of a game uh, as an alternate or something. And it was his first all-star game. And Cammy was a great player for a lot of years. And it was his first all-star game. It was in Seattle. It was in our home, home city. And to watch him walk around and take it in. I mean, he was doing tours with the cameras following him. He saw his picture up on the, on, you know, Cammy at the time probably had six, seven, eight years in the big leagues, but it was really cool. Cause it was genuine how touched he was that he was an all-star. He, he went out throughout the entire, at the time it was safe go field. Now it's T-Mobile. Yeah. He was looking at all the pillars. Cause he was pissed that his picture wasn't on one of the pillars. And they finally <laughs> found a pillar like out in right field. And he's like, this is it. This is, and it was a, you know, back then it wasn't big social media. It was more regular TV cameras, Yeah. but I remember watching him and it, and it wasn't, 
it wasn't for the cameras, you know, it was a genuine thing that was going through Mike at the time. And that's to me summed it up what it was all about. I mean, he was just, you know, taking it in and that city was crazy at the time. He was a hometown guy. Uh, but that, I think that's what all stars are all about. Yeah. It was it's funny. You say that, that guys were like, ah, I don't know if I'm going to show up this year. I, I experienced that in my leagues. Um, you know, guys would make all-star games and guys I'm like, yeah, it's the minor leagues, but it's still, it's still an, a great accomplishment you made. It's it's something that you work for your whole entire offseason, your whole entire year. Uh, you know, going back what you did before this, like how do you how do you not show up to? I know it's an I know it's a minor league all-star game, but it, it's still it's still a, a fun thing to go to. Yeah, it's a stepping stone, you know, yeah. it's a ste- stepping stone. And some guys, most guys never get to go to the big leagues, let let alone make a career out of it, let alone be an all-star at the big league level. Very cool. Very cool. Uh, I look at your life. I look at your career. Uh, it, it wasn't exactly a smooth path, no. you know. Um, you're born in Cuba. Yes. Uh, and I've had some guy, I've had Tony Perez on the show, his son, Eduardo. Uh, Louis Tiant, who I want to get to a little bit later, who actually mentioned you in in uh, in the interview I had with Louis. Uh, I want to hear your family story, how you got to the U.S. from Cuba, and then I got a Cuba story for you. Uh, I, I was there in the late '80s playing in the, the against the Cuban national team, but I want to yeah, hear yeah. your family story. So, <clears throat> I was born in I was born in '94. My parents married in '93. I was born in '94. Um, but I'm born December 10 of 94. And in July of 95, we come to the States. My dad had, his family had put like a lottery ticket in for him. He didn't even write it himself. He, they put his name, um, in this lottery. And so in Cuba, they make this, um, they do this lottery where they pick out names and they do about, I think it's like 10, 15 or 20,000 a year. But not necessarily because you get picked, you're able to come to the States automatically. You got to come up with some money. Um, you got to make sure, you know, you're settled in Cuba to be able to come over here. Um, so we had that in order. He had a sister here in Miami at the time um, that helped him with the process from here. And obviously we were doing our, uh, our, our stuff over there to be able to come. Um so we come in 95. My mom is 19. My dad is 26, I want to say. Um, I'm a newborn. And this sister that he has uh, helps us with, you know, the first couple months here, takes us in. My dad finds a job. My mom finds a job. Um, we we move out, I think, like in the first six months of us being here. Um, and then my dad, my dad's been working nonstop from 96 all the way till last year where I told him to take a little break. Um, waking up at 5 a.m. every single day, getting home at 5 o'clock in the afternoon every single day, Monday to Friday. Um, my mom uh, was more of a housewife. She was the one that would take me to school, um, make sure my homework was done, fed me. My dad would come, ho- uh, come home from work at 5. Once I started going, getting to that age where I was playing baseball. I started at four years old. Um, every time my dad would get home, come come home, change, shower, change, have something to eat, take me to practice or take me to the game. And we did that all the way to high school from four years old to, you know, 15 years old. Um, so for 10, 10, 11 years, 
that's how we did. Um, I was always a um, position player. I pitched at times because I threw a lot of strikes, but uh, I loved to play out the outfield. Um, I was I was I was I was an outfielder all the way into, until sophomore year in high school, and then we were we didn't have any any pitching, and they're like, hey, we we need you to pitch. So I'm like, yeah, okay. I, I mean, I know how to pitch. I'll, I'll pitch. Um, I was 80, 80 to eighty four uh, as a sophomore junior, and then it wasn't until that that fall of a uh, senior year where I started working out. I started uh, trying to get stronger. I didn't know. I didn't know how reachable the draft was for me. Um, lefty, five nine, five ten at best. Uh, I was eighty seven, eighty eight. Um, I just didn't know like what the market was or you know what 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 people liked or wanted. Um, but my goal was always to play to go to college and. Um, Hispanic families, I mean, probably all families around the world, they want their son to go to school, get a degree, uh, make a name for themselves. I, I would have been the first first generation to go to college here in the United States. So that would have been something big for me and big for my family. Um, and I remember it wasn't until probably like two or three months before the draft, a bunch of scouts showing up to the games. And I'm like, man, I... I can't believe this is happening right now. Like, I'm the only player here in this field that is throwing 87, 88, and nobody else is hitting. Nobody else is hitting homers here. So I'm like, this, this is for me. This is for me. Um, so and nothing. And then one thing led to the other, and and uh, I remember I was a 36 rounder. Thank God there was 40 rounds back then because yeah, right it's now changing. it's changing. Right now, I would have not been drafted. Um, so they call me, uh, the Yankees call me, and and the area scout here at the time, Carlos, Carlos Marti. Um, we had a good relationship because he was a teacher at my school. He he, he, he coached me in my summer team. Um, he's like, hey, we got to go to Tampa because they want you to. I was already drafted, and they wanted me to throw a live VP in Tampa. I'm like, how does that make any sense? They saw me for six months in high school. They want me to throw a live VP, and that's that's going to, that's what's going to determine if they sign or not. So, anyways, we go to Tampa. I throw against their their GCL guys, their minor league guys, um, and they offered me on the spot. They said, "Hey, we're going to give you seventy five thousand to to sign," and I said, "No, I'm, I'm I'd rather go to school." We leave about five seven minutes later. Um, they call back and they say, "Hey, we're gonna we're gonna give you eighty five. And my parents at the time were like. Hey, you do whatever you want. Like, we're, we don't want to influence your decision. Like, you've made this career out of yourself. We want you to be happy. And once they said that, I'm like, yeah, I'm going to sign. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to school. <laughs> I'll take the 85K. Um, and it was, it was, you know, obviously a, a tough, tough minor league career for me. But it worked out. Yeah, and and. The thing about it is people, don't, you know, I, I look at the game today and, and I think it's great. I think a lot of this, the strides that not only the big league level is making, but the minor league level, I, I appreciate all that. <clears throat> but when I was back, I was in the minor leagues and in, in uh, 1990, I signed and man, I went to a ball and it was like, I'm here for one reason to get to double a and to get out of double a and, and in a ball, you know, it was the Carolina league. And back then it was, you know, it was, you make seven fifty a month 
and you find your own housing. It wasn't like we have today. I walk into the minor league locker rooms today. I'm like, do you have any clue what it was like when I was playing in the minor leagues? But back then I didn't care. It's like, I'm getting an opportunity to live my dream. Yep. And the only way I get out of this, this a ball park with the, with, you know, a a locker rinky dink locker in the corner and leaking pipes is I play really good. And, And then when I got to the big leagues and after, you know, I had a, some time in the big leagues. I look back at those minor league days and with with fondness. I thought, yeah, we struggled, but we were all in it together. We didn't care. We were all about the winning games and playing well. Yeah. And it, it and it wasn't a big deal. Money wasn't a big issue. It's like we, you know, I'd I'd get my rent aside, I'd pay the rent, had a few bucks here, and you find a way to get by. But it ain't about that because yeah. you, I can't wait to get to the ballpark to hit early. And get the hell out of A ball, get the double A, and then get to triple A, and then get to the big leagues. So it was all it was. I didn't look at it as poor me. I'm a minor leaguer. I need, you know, I need this all this nice stuff. It's like no, I was hungry, and and it made me appreciate the big leagues once I got to the big leagues. I don't know. It's a little bit different. I think it's good to give the minor league guys a better environment, better equipment, better fields to play on. I'm all for that. Yeah. But when I hear guys, oh, we need this and we need that, I laugh. I've got a son that's in the minor leagues. And I, if he starts in on that, I say, listen, buddy, you don't add a nickel to the bottom line. Nobody nobody comes to the stadium to watch you play. You get an opportunity to chase your dream. And I and I laugh about it. But those those stories. And uh, so your parents are from Cuba. Baseball's huge in Cuba. I was in Cuba. Huge. Huge. I go there in 1989. It wasn't the Olympics. It was like the Pan Am Games or something. We fly into Cuba. And back then, you couldn't go to Cuba. You weren't allowed unless, you know, it was a special thing. And it was, you know, the USA team playing the Cuban national team. By the way, we got whooped three games. It was like men playing with boys. I was back in when Linares was the third baseman. And and there was some crazy guy that was all over. The, he was kind of the, the showman of the group. I forget. He's a famous Mecca? guy. Mecca? Yeah. 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 He had, the, he had the high socks and he was kind of the – he was kind of like – why people came there. He entertained everybody. Yeah. But uh, we went in there, you know, kind of cocky, thought we were going to whoop up. I mean, we got drubbed all three games. I don't even think Castro no kept hearing Castro's coming to the game. And I think they were whooping us so bad. I don't know if he ever showed up, but uh, <laughs> it was an interesting time. And I'm, I know your dad before he came out here, your, your parents. Uh, I was befriended by a Cuban, two Cuban guys spoke great English, <clears throat> came up to us, you know, we got our USA gear. We're walking around Havana and we were befriended by these two guys and said, Hey, we will take you around. We'll show you the sites. We'll take care of you. And they did. They got us some cigars and took us to some, to some cool places. And at the end of every night, you know, that we'd go back to our hotel and we'd shake hands and say, Hey, see you tomorrow. We'll meet here. We'll go here. And they're going to show us the sites. So, so one night the guy comes to me. And he says, uh, hey, Booney, can I get 10 bucks or, or, you know, I want to go to the discotheque. And I said, of course, these guys have been great for us. I hand him a $10 bill, American. I turn around on the ground. Police tackled him, paddy wagon to jail for taking money from me. That one, it got real for me. And then right before we left, he asked me if I could buy him a, a, uh, a blow up boat. And I said, what are you doing? He says, I, I got to get off the island. And then at that point, I'm going, wait a minute. I'm here on the USA team. 
wow. representing the United States. And, and this guy wants me to, to buy him a boat to try to escape. What kind of scandal am I going to get into? <laughs> <laughs> so I love these, these two imagine? guys. I, for, I forget these <laughs> the, to this day. I forget the guy's names, but they were wonderful. Just, they just wanted to hang out with us and, and, they did us a favor by showing us around and, and kind of, they were locals and uh, I would have done anything for him except for buy him a boat to, to try to get off the island. Cause I'm like, I don't need this scandal. I don't need to be detained. <laughs> and uh, that's, the, but that's the way life was then. In yeah. Yeah. It's, it's very difficult to this day. Um, you know, there's, there's no food in the market to buy. There's no, there's no bread. Uh, it's there's, I mean, there's a shortage of everything over there and people are struggling. People, it's, it's, I, I mean, people say it's a third world country. It's like a fourth world country right now. Like it's, it's brutal to go over there. I haven't been back since I was 13. The last time I went, I was 13 years old. I still had family over there. Um, so my parents would go and, and, and I, and I was, I was still in school and every summer we would go and, and hang out. Um, I, one of the best times I, I've, I've experienced has has been in Cuba. My parents, I remember telling my parents would t- would ask me every summer, "You want to go to Disney World or you want to go to Cuba?" And I said, "No, I want to go to Cuba because in Cuba I was able to do stuff that I couldn't do here. Um, you know, I would walk around barefoot in the street. Uh, I would play baseball every single day. I'd wait. I'd wake up from. I would. I would wake up from my bed, go out to the middle of the street, and play baseball. Um, when it rained, I was able to get in the in all uh, in uh, in all the puddles, jump splash." in all the puddles and I, I just felt like one of them when I was there. And it was so cool for them to just bring me in. Like you said, they brought me in. Um, they loved me. They, we, we played every single day I was there. And, and as a little kid, you don't really know what else is going on around you, you know? So yeah. I, was just, I was just enjoying that moment. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. You can earn four times points on your top two eligible spending categories every month, like transit, U.S. restaurants, and gas stations. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Four times points on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. That's pretty cool. Uh, okay, Louis Tiant, you know you you have a very unique uh, windup. It's coming. It's become quite the craze in the last two or three years. You're just different. I'll tell you, as a hitter, you drive me crazy because I'm like, come on, just deliver the ball. I get it. I get it. I get it. Uh, 
Louis, did you have a chance to meet Louis? I think he he said to me, I got a chance to meet Nestor. Yes, we met uh at Boston in our in our clubhouse, in Yankee Clubhouse. He walked by. Um and I wanna say I, I can't remember the exact moment, but I know he knew that I was Cuban and he gave me he he told me something. And I can't, I can't, I don't recall right now, but I know we, we had that interaction and we were able to talk for a little bit. Um, I, it, it, this is, this is weird. Aaron's dad, my dad, Bob Boone. I had dinner with him last night. I told him, I said, we're having Nestor Cortez on. He goes, Oh really? He goes, you know what? He goes, I would have really liked to catch a guy like him. It seemed like it would be a lot of fun. So he, he wanted me to pass that on to you. My mom was there and she goes, yeah, I really like Nestor. I don't know if you, you remember my mom, Aaron's mom. But she remembers you, and she's like, "I really like Nestor." And I, told him, <laughs> I told him, "Dad would love to catch him." You know, I appreciate that. That's awesome. <laughs> um, so you're drafted thirteen. Yep. This is this is another subject, and it's different for you. You were a Rule Five guy. Yeah. You're drafted by the Yankees. In 2017, the Baltimore Orioles take you in the Rule Five, and I think this is good for the people listening to the Boom Podcast out there to kind of get educated on the Rule Five process. I played with some guys that came over as Rule Five. Uh, some were successes, some weren't successful. But yeah. explain it through your eyes when you get Rule Five, and that means that you need to be on the roster and stay on the roster all year. Yeah. As a player, as a Rule Five, tell me what that's like. I mean, do you, do you feel like other players look at you like, well, you didn't earn that; you're just there. It, at times, tell yes. Me, yeah, tell, give me the ins and outs of actually living that. So, like you said, I, I get Rule Five in the winter of seventeen. Um, I didn't really know at the time what the hell was going on. I just knew I had to show up to Sarasota for the the Orioles spring training, and I show up, and all of a sudden, I got a locker. Uh, people are attending me. I've never been to big league camp before that. So I'm like, this is all new to me. Um, you know, do I need anything else? Do I want an extra shirt? Do I? So the, the treatment right away was amazing. Obviously coming from the minor leagues, you don't, you don't get that treatment because you know, you, Hey, here's a shirt. You're going to wear it. It's not your size. Okay. Well, here's your size. Give me that one back. Um, in the big leagues is more like, Hey, I need, I need, you know, two or three shirts. Can I have shower shoes? Can I have this? So off the get-go, that was what impressed me the most uh, being there. And then it's like you said, as the game started going, as as the practices started going, you know, there were games where you don't perform as well or you do perform or you you outperform somebody. And now the clubhouse, because there's, there's non-roster invites that probably been in the big leagues for three or four years or five years. And I remember um, being there Nobody had the that I felt like nobody had the that intention towards me, but you 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 knew there was guys there out to prove, and they were they were coming for spots. Um, I was I was gonna be a starter off spring. We signed a couple guys. I saw into the long relief row in the bullpen, and that's how I made the team. I didn't know what to expect. Our 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 the day we break in camp, I still don't know if I made the team or not. And the guys were like, don't worry about it. Machado was great with me. Machado's from Hialeah also. He knew my story. He took me in. He's like, 
dude, don't worry about it. You make the team. I'm like, no, nobody, nobody has nobody's told tell, me that. Nobody's yeah. telling you anything. Like, what, what do I do? Like, do I pack? Do I pack for four days? Do I pack for a week? Do I pack to go to Baltimore? Do I get an apartment in Baltimore? To this day, I, I, to that day, I didn't have a, a, an apartment in Baltimore. So I'm like. You're just going to chill at the hotel. I, I, yeah. <laughs> I didn't know what to do. So um, we fly to uh, Norfolk to have a exhibition game with the AAA team. Um. I'm in the dugout. I'm not pitching that day. I'm like, I didn't travel for no reason. If I if I if I traveled, I think I'm going. I'm, I think I'm going to Baltimore. I don't think they're gonna send me back to Sarasota if I'm not traveling. If I'm not, if I didn't make the team. Um, so we fly to Baltimore. We start looking for apartments. Me, Santander, um, and one of the other Rule Five guys that we both made the squad. Two Rule Five guys made the squad. So and that's unheard of. So we started looking for apartments. We finally choose one. Next day we go to the ballpark for that for that practice before the season starts. Buck Showalter calls me to the office. He said, Hey, you made the team. And, <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> yeah. Like obviously Buck has, you know, so many years under his belt. Um, I don't know if he was his mind was on other stuff at that moment where he had to make a, he had to make a roster and he needed to make the best roster available. So I'm like, thanks. You know, I was super happy, but there was, there was nothing else going on. Like, it wasn't like, it wasn't like, Hey, congratulations. You made it to the big leagues. We're so happy for you. It was like, Hey, you made the squad. Uh, you're going to be the long guy. Um, hope, 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 hope you help us. <laughs> Good luck. Yeah. Um, and one more experience I had was with uh, the pitching coach McDowell. I remember coming in. I remember coming in uh, probably like the first or second game of mine. Uh, I gave up a I gave up a grand slam in Houston. Um, we lose the game, and the next day I'm like, "Man, the umpire was squeezing me." He's like, "What do you expect? You're a rookie." Like he gave me one of those answers <laughs> from that. But listen. Those two moments with Buck and with with uh, with with McDowell, I held it in and I sucked that in because it made me it made me a lot stronger. I it, it was like, hey, don't expect anything from anybody. Go out and get it. You know, make right. make make that name for yourself. Don't don't leave it at chance. Um, and it was something that to this day I feel like I I used that and and I said, don't make an excuse if if. Things didn't go right this start, or didn't things didn't go right this day. You have an, another opportunity to 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 make it right, and and you know obviously there's good days and bad days, but we try we try and and, and do the best out of every day. I think I think that's a good point too, <clears throat> because as we go through this life, and you're still a young man, what are you 29 years old? You got oh, yeah. a lot a lot of life left, a lot of baseball left, and you're going to have another fork in the road at some point. We all do. You know, it goes great. You know, I was up in my career. I'd have unbelievable years. I had a tough year. I had an average year. But, man, baseball's a, a roller coaster. And, and when you get to a point where, you know, you, you find that consistency. And that only comes with experience and, and knowledge. Um, but I remember some of my early managers, you know. Man, I'd be killing it. And they're treating me like like you said Buck did. And I'd be looking at him like, why is he nice to everybody else when he's not nice? Now, looking back. I think, oh, there was a lesson there for me. He yeah. knew what what made me tick. 
he knew maybe an because uh, I when I was young, I was a brash kid. I'd come in, you know, higher on fire and swinging hard, man. And <clears throat> I needed to be bridled a little bit, but he knew, hey, I could push the right buttons with Brett. That makes him play better. I didn't realize that at the time. I thought they were just treating me poorly. Yeah. Uh, so it's interesting that you say you you at the time you were confused, like, wow, shouldn't this be a nice time where I'm being welcomed to the team? But it was more like, yeah, you're on the team. Hopefully, hopefully you do well. It's like you probably had to be feeling at the time. Wow. But now fast forward a few years, you use that as experience. You're going to be able to help another young kid one day when they get to the big leagues. They say, oh, yeah. Nestor, what's going on? You're going to you're going to have a smile and you're going to go, listen, kid, come here. I'll tell you what happened to me. And, it, and it's pretty cool. That's how we do it. That's yeah. how we do it. You know, we're all rookies. We're all middle of our careers. And then we're all salty veterans at some point when, you know, I remember when I was a rookie, they were hard on me and, and man, my play, my teammates would give me a hard time, made me wear a dress like 10 times, but I did it with a smile. And then when I got to be a veteran player, you know, 13, 14 years in the big leagues, I was able to mentor and help young players come along. And, and maybe if I give them a little advice, like you might not want to do this in that situation, you might want to do this. Cause, cause I did that. And here's, yeah. here's what happens when you do that. <laughs> uh, but it's cool. And, and it's just baseball and it's just the life that, that we're fortunate enough to live and, and yes. do for a living. But uh, they're all lessons. And that's cool. You talk about Buck. There might've been something behind that, you know, there, Buck yeah, treating you like that, that could have been premeditated. He yeah. could have said, all right, this is how I'm going to see how Nestor responds to this. Uh, you mentioned the Grand Slam. You give up another Grand Slam. You get sent back. You get sent back to, to, to New York. I gave uh, two Grand Slams in a span of two weeks. And I'm like, man, there's people that go on a 20-year career and don't give up a, a Grand Slam. I, I just <laughs> gave it up in two weeks. I just gave up two in two weeks. And now your head's got to be spinning. You're going back to to New York. Then you go to Seattle. You take a you take a year in Seattle. I think you got injured that year. Yeah. And then you're back to New York for the third time. How did that come about? Uh, after your after the that year with the Mariners, I think it was 2020. How do you get back to the Yankees? Did the Yankees call you, or are you calling them? So after 2020 season, they call me say we're going to DFA you. I said I understand. Um, I w and I was still hurt at the time with, through that call. I go to the DR to play winter ball to prove that I'm healthy, to prove that I can, that I'm, that I'm pitching. So I go in, in, in the winter to, to, to the DR and I start pitching and they have a uh, athletic trainer that resides in the DR. He has his own clinic. His he's doing well for himself over there. Uh, but he's also the, the athletic trainer here with, with New York. And he calls me over. He's like, Hey man, just we were we I've known him since I, I I've been drafted. So he calls me as a buddy buddy situation. He's like, Hey, how, how are you feeling? Like, how's how's the leg? How's the arm? I go, I go. I feel great. I feel good. I don't have. I, there's no you know restrictions. There's no issues. Um, I'm pitching here. Obviously, you, you see how well I'm pitching. He's like, Yeah. Why don't you swing by the uh, the clinic one of these days so I can so I can check you out just just to make sure you're good. I'm like, Yeah. We're, yeah. I'll go. Um, and bef and even before that, Yankees call. And my agent calls me. And he's like, hey, um, Yankees are interested again. I go, perfect. Wh where do I sign? Because I, I was dying to be a Yankee again. I wanted I wanted to go back. 
Um, he's like, no, no, wait, not yet. Let's let's wait it out a little bit. Um, and then I remember I was in Colorado for my for my birthday, December 10, and they called me and say, hey, um, you know, we're interested. We're gonna we want you back. And obviously, uh, the the technicality 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 F. Sorry, technically. Techni no, technicality. No, technicality. Of, yeah, yeah. <laughs> of, uh, of 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 it all with my agent and them, blah blah. It got it got sorted out, and I show up in spring training. I show up in spring training, and I knew that I had to bust my butt to catch attention again because I had a great minor league career. My my minor league career was off the charts, like. I don't think I don't think a lot of people had the minority career I had uh, as far as the numbers, but I didn't know how to how to translate that into the big leagues. I I didn't know how to. I wasn't confident. I didn't know what to do to to make it better. Um, I didn't have a routine. My routine. I, I was a starter in the minor leagues. I piggybacked every now and then, and then I got to the big leagues and now I'm a reliever. Right. I have no idea. So. Spring comes, spring comes along. I'm an officer, a non-roster invite, and the last day of spring, Booney calls me into the office and says, "Hey, we don't have a spot for you. You pitched your butt off, but we don't have a spot for you. Go down to Strand for a couple weeks, and we're gonna we're gonna sort some things out. Um, be ready because you, you might be one of the first ones." I go perfect. I didn't. I didn't. I. I wasn't expecting to make the team. I just. I was just happy to have a have a baseball team to play for. Um, go down to the minor leagues in twenty one, and I was there for. I want to say a month, a month and a half, and I get called up. And I remember calling my parents. I'm like, "Hey, I made it back with the Yankees," and they were super excited. They flew out. Um. And from that moment on, I never went back to the minor leagues. I think there's a point for all of us, you know. Uh, yeah, I remember my first call up and my attitude was, I'll never see the minor leagues again. Well, I got sent down back on that shuttle three more times. Uh, but I remember a point where it finally clicked for me at the big league level because you're right. It is different. You had all this success in the minor leagues, but nobody cares in the big leagues about your minor league bubble. Gun nobody. nobody cares. Nobody cares about if you're a high if you're a high draft pick or in your case a 36 round draft pick. Nobody cares in the big leagues. It's yeah. what can you do? Can you play here? And you need to prove you can play here. And we all have a point where it clicks. That particular year, you ended up getting 14 starts. I think the most starts you had in a year in the big leagues was one. Yeah. Until then, so all of a sudden you're you're in your comfort zone again. You're getting an opportunity to start. <clears throat> you had a two nine that year. When was that moment for you? I remember mine where it clicked and you kind of looked around and felt for the first time, I'm a big leaguer and I belong here. So, so I want to say for my first eight of those 14 starts, I was, <laughs> it was ridiculous, but I would come out of the bullpen straight into the game. Like if I was a reliever. Because, Oh, okay. I got, you. <laughs> I got you. So, so, um, I had I, I don't know how many appearances I had that year, but I know I was having a really good year. As a as a as a reliever to start off the year, I didn't know. I I, I might have made 12, 12 appearances or something like that, fifteen appearances. Does that sound right? 
I don't know. Sounds right. I know that I was looking at your starts. I know you started 14 games. So anyways, I, I make those 14 appearances. I have like a have like a one one three throughout the whole 14 appearances. And little by little, Booney starts, hey, you're going to spot start, you know, two innings here. You're going to spot start three innings there. And that's how I started building up to my to my pitch limit. But then it came to where I was already throwing four or five innings. And I remember Mike Harkey was like, dude, when the hell are you going to stop coming from the bullpen? You're a starter now. You got to go to the dugout and come out from the dugout. <laughs> like, a, like a normal person. <laughs> like a normal starter. I'm like, no, I'm not changing anything. Like, I'm having success. I don't want to. I don't want to be that guy to think that I'm already a starter, and then right. shit goes, shit goes bad. So <laughs> he's like, "Man, you're ridiculous." So, anyways, I, it wasn't until my eighth or ninth start where I started coming from the dugout. That from that moment that I started coming out from the dugout, I said, "Okay, I belong." I I, I felt like I felt like I earned it, and I I made it, and now I'm gonna start doing this. It, it, it is cool, though, and, and there is a moment where you feel different. The players look at you different. Just a glance. The skipper, Pry Aaron, looked at you different. Yep. Coaches. Mike Harkey, like you said, has been down to that bullpen for a lot of years now. Uh, and it, it, it's a cool feeling because, man, that's what we fight and claw to, to just, you know, we want to prove that we're a big leaguer and, and we're a real big leaguer. We're not just there. We're there to yeah. stay. And, 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 and you want to get respected by your teammates. That's basically right. my main my main focal point i mean you look at that clubhouse in uh 21 mvps all-stars you know contenders for cy youngs contenders uh for 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 batting titles batting titles that were won in both leagues by dj uh i mean you look up and down that list and there's so many successful guys so many rich people in that clubhouse and you start imagining like hey like what would it be like to you know maybe get invited to dinner with these guys or, you know, what, what would it be like to be on the road and hanging out in a room, you know, with these guys. Um, And then I started taking all that in and I was like, man, this is, this is so good to feel this way where you, you you never, you never want to let go of that feeling. And, and that's what's made me try and be the best version I can every single day. Yeah. That's very cool. Uh, Aaron Boone, if you like playing for him, Loved it, not because yeah. you're here, but I loved it. Every part of it, ever since, ever since the beginning, um, <clears throat> when I was in, when I was up and down in 19 with the Yankees, um, I wasn't put into the best role possible, but I made every opportunity out of it. I came, I got called up to the big leagues <clears throat> mid-May, I want to say, late May, and I had 70 innings in the big leagues. For not starting, you know, I was I was more of the long relief guy, uh, the mop up guy. But every time I would get sent down, he'd call me to the office, and he didn't know how to look at me because he I, I felt like he didn't want me to be sent down, and I may, may not be deserved to be sent down, but just because right. of how the the roster was going on, and we it's needed a number, an it's a numbers pitch. thing. Yeah, yeah we number. needed an available pitcher the next day, and I wasn't available. I had just pitched three innings that day. Um, and I remember him telling me, like, dude, I hate, I hate doing this to you. I hate it because, you know, it's, it, this is your, your fifth time already. And you probably – and it's crazy because that whole year, I never fulfilled my 10 days in the minor leagues every time I got sent down. So, something would happen where somebody would get hurt. Um, something, some scenario would happen. And I would be, I'd be the one to get called back up. And 
he was all he was always the guy he was always the one that 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 he picked on me to to come back every single time so um and then from 21 to now it's like we talked about earlier that respect i feel like i gained his respect um I'm a little intimidated by. Him. I know he's gonna see this, and you're we're, you're probably gonna talk. But I'm a little intimidated by him at times. He has no idea that you're on, but he will see it because it comes out tomorrow. <laughs> so he's, you know, he's gonna call me. He's like, "Hey, I was Nestor." Yeah, so he's gonna. So <laughs> listen, he ain't that big and bad. I'll take care of him. Don't worry about it. I'm still his big brother. <laughs> he would uh, he would catch me in the hallways. Hey, how you feeling? I go, I'm good. He goes, you ready? I go, yeah, let's go. But just that, just that interaction right there. I'm like, fuck! I gotta, I gotta fucking perform because now I, I gotta go. Was, yeah, yeah. I, yeah I, we I all, we I all ready. have it. I we all have it, ready. man. We all have it, and it's, you know, it just happens. Your skipper <laughs> happens to be my brother, but we all have, you know, we all had that skipper, man. Should have seen me with Lupinella when I was young. I'm like, oh man, he coming, and I hated it when we were going down the hallway, oh. and I saw him at the end. I'm like, we're gonna have to cross, and I'm, I I'm hate just it trying every time. To, right, right. <laughs> and then the second time around with Lou in in the 2000s, at this time I'm a 10 year veteran. He's and I and I oversay this on the Boom Podcast, but Lou to this day is one of my favorite not not baseball men, but one of my favorite men <clears throat> that I've ever been touched by in my life and to this day we're we're very close and and our relationship's different than when i was young trying to make a name for myself but uh, i remember those uncomfortable oh man can he just walk the other way can he turn left before i get down there because he i'm already starting on this path it's too obvious if i veer off so if he veers off he's the skipper he's allowed to do that but yeah. i know exactly what you're talking about very cool and aaron by the way always speaks very highly of you and obviously you're a you're you're with our representation we have we share mutual agents and and uh that's a very cool thing uh new york how do you like it i was a guy that i couldn't wait to get to new york i love playing especially the yankees but mets it didn't matter i love being in the city i love walking down the street i love the guys on the other side of the street yelling at me telling me they're gonna kick my ass today that was new york you know, and, and I loved it. <clears throat> I always thought, you know, at the end of my career, if I get a chance, I'd like to play in New York. Didn't end up working out for me, but your experience for me, there's kind of nothing like it. Uh, your experience and, and, and what's your advice to a free agent that's considering playing in New York? What should you tell them is different than playing everywhere else? You know what? <clears throat> What's different is you're going to hear it from both sides, whether you're doing good, whether you're doing bad. You know, if, if you're doing bad, you're obviously going to hear all the loud noises and, you know, it's not going to be pretty what, what they're going to say to you. But if you're on the good side, you I, you feel it's so uplifting. You feel like such a hero in that city because it's all they want to do. They just want to win. They don't care how it's done, who does it. They just want to win. And... I remember, I remember being at restaurants in New York and they're like, Hey, we got some money to do tomorrow. So you better, you better come and show up. Oh I'm boy. like, I'm like, oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> you got gangsters, like, you got mob guys yeah, checking like, out. Yeah, these are like, you know, Latin guys, you know, <laughs> Dominican people. They're like, 
hey, we, we we got some money in the game tomorrow, so you you better. And then I, I when I go when I go again, I would hear the good and I would hear the bad, and I'm like, it is what it is, man. You know, like, I'm I'm trying I'm trying to perform out there. I'm trying to be my best. Um, but for free agents, I feel like there's no better place to play. It's like you said, you you were rock you're walking on the street and you would hear from the other side. You know, everybody, everybody, you know, telling you stuff. And I feel like you don't get that anywhere else. I haven't been around long enough to know, you know, every city, every park. But, you know, you go to Kansas City, you go to, I don't know, Cincinnati, you go anywhere, anywhere, Miami, anywhere. You you, you, you can walk around the street and nobody's going to tell you, hey, we're going to, you know, we're going to beat your ass tomorrow or yeah, any, any New York's the only, <coughs> the New only York's place. The only place. Boston, Boston takes their baseball very seriously. Chicago, St. Louis, different type though. St. Louis different are types. more cordial and nice. Love, I love uh, St. Louis is nice, but there's nothing like New York. You know, Philly is probably the closest thing to New York. Philadelphia, they can get pretty rowdy, but New York. The reason I loved it so much was the 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 fans didn't mean anything by it. When they yelled at me from across the street, when I was going to get a cup of coffee in the morning, just walking down the city, they're walking down the street in Manhattan. Uh, they weren't vindictive. Like they hated me. They just wanted to give me some grief. And then I'd look back at them and I'd give them, you know, I'd give them a wave and they'd smile. So it wasn't like, I want to kill you and your family. It was, <laughs> no, we want to kick your ass tonight. The thing I found too, is when I kicked the Yankees ass, it was very well received. It's almost like the fans appreciated it. So I, that's to me that that's what I always remember. And playing in an old Yankee Stadium, I know you didn't get a chance to play there, but it was it was I a special imagine. place. I it was, imagine. you know, I remember a few years ago I came back. Uh, I was there for the playoffs, and I, I forget what year, but it's the first time I've been back to New York and, and to a game. And I was there to see Aaron, and I, and I remember I, I came in through your t player's tunnel, <clears throat> and a lot of the guys that, you know, at the end of my career were working the tunnel, were still working the tunnel at New Yankee Stadium. And I remember walking in, and they're like, Booney, we haven't seen you. You know, it's been a while. And I said, old, old Yankee Stadium or new? And they look at me, oh, are you kidding me? Old Yankee Stadium, you know? And we'd come in before the games, and there's pipes and dripping, and we get into this old raunchy, locker room but it was there's nothing like it you walk out of that field and it's like goosebumps it's a it's a different place you know and jeter used to say the ghosts would come i believe in the ghosts believe me i've been a, i've been a victim to that ghost a couple times but it's there's nothing like it and i don't care what anybody says there's nothing like playing a postseason in new york at yankee oh, yeah. stadium oh yeah whether it's a new one not quite as cool as the old one but it's still <laughs> yankee stadium you know um how you feeling? You ready to go? You healthy? Great. Yes, yes. Uh, feel healthy. I've been. I'm about four bullpen, five bullpens in. Um, I'm actually. I'm, I've been traveling to Tampa every week uh, just to just to work out over there. Throw my throw throw my bullpens over there. Make sure they got eyes on me. They got hands on me. Um, and I told them uh, the beginning of December. I'm like, hey, I'm thinking of going to Tampa starting next week. If that's okay with you guys. They're like, yeah, we would we would love for you to come in. Uh, it's it's a no brainer. So I I've, I've been going since the week before Christmas. I've been going Monday, coming back Friday, going Monday, coming back Friday. Uh, leaving I'm leaving tonight actually as we speak. So very cool. Yeah. Um, 
You got some new teammates this year. You got Juan Soto. Uh, Verdugo, which I think, for me, is a, is an under-the-radar pick. I think you've played against him quite a bit, yep. him being in Boston. Um, and obviously, you just signed Marcus Stroman to be a part of that rotation with yourself and, and Garrett Cole at the top and Rodon hopefully having a comeback season. The East is getting tougher. Oh, yeah. Uh, Baltimore now is a player. You know, it's always been Boston, Yankees, everybody else. Tampa Bay's in that mix. They're just tough. They're a thorn in, in everybody's side, it seems like, every year. And oh, they yeah. just completely turn over their their roster, and it's it's new faces, but they seem whatever their formula down at Tampa Bay, they do a great job. The Jays, obviously, from an offensive perspective, especially, are really tough. Yeah. But it's really – my, if I look at it from the outside right now, probably the best division in baseball. Um, you got new teammates. I think the key for that Yankee team always has been, and I've been, you know, as I've been following it now as a part of the media the last few years, it's always been a health thing. If they can just keep their boys healthy, yep. they can do it. But but when when you're missing a lot of the big players, uh, it, it's not truly that Yankee team that was supposed to be out on the on on the field last year was a perfect example of that and and it's tough in new york because they don't care they're basically you stink or you're great yeah and they yep. don't take into consideration the the little idiosyncrasies that well if if we're missing aaron judge and, and nestor cortez was out of the rotation for x amount of games and we missed rodon for the first two months of the season big offseason acquisition a year ago they don't factor that in they just see the no. wins and losses and say you stink well these are all a part of that and as long as you stay healthy i look at this roster Pretty darn good. Pretty darn good. You know, Rizzo missed a huge part of last year. Yeah, Labor is the one that that stayed healthy for the for the main part of the season. You had Judge for four months, and he was still kind of even an MVP candidate at four months. My opinion, probably healthy for 162 games. I don't know if somebody. I don't. I don't know with all the great players out there. Judge might be at the top of the list for me as far as offensive player and difference. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. But how do you look to the 2024 season? You excited about it? Give me. I'm give super me a, excited. Give I'm me a little excited. bit of uh, insight. Um, uh, that we're down in Tampa. We're like eight or nine of us in Tampa right now. Early. Um, I think that that's that's good. We you know we have Judgey there, Glaber, uh, Rodon is in, uh, myself. Um, you know, Cappy's there, Wellesy's there. We have Ben is there. We have we have a lot of guys that that can make a difference for us. You know and. And like you said, we have these, these new guys coming in. I'm excited to see I'm excited to see Soto actually hitting for my team, you know? Right. <laughs> um, Stroman, I, I'm, I'm excited for Stroman too because I know he's, he's a New York guy and, and he, he brings that energy. He's going to bring that energy for us, I feel like. Um, he's going to embrace it and I feel like he's going he's gonna to perform well here. And, and, you know, Verdugo, obviously Verdugo, he's a ball player, man. He, he looks like he goes out there every yes. day and, and, and he posts every single time. Um, you know, he, and he looks like he has that chip on his shoulder too. He, he, he plays hard. He plays out there hard. I remember seeing him against us. Um, you know, there was guys on our team that, that didn't want to face him because he was just, you, you didn't know what you were going to get from him. He, he could, he could take you deep to right or he could, you know, just shoot something the other way. And, and you didn't know how you were going to pitch this guy. Um, so we're excited. We're excited. Uh, I know the guys that are there in Tampa right now are excited. Uh, we've been working hard. Uh, I can't wait for these next few weeks to pass by so we can actually meet up in camp and 
see old faces again and 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 just get ready for 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 a new journey for us very cool well nestor cortez i appreciate you man coming on the show uh this is a lot of fun catching up with you getting to know you a little bit i'll see you this year at some point i don't know but i want to wish you all the best because uh i'm a fan i love watching you pitch i think you you make it fun and uh you know it's gonna be interesting to watch this season all the best stay healthy and for all you out there watching the boom podcast we're now putting it on youtube thanks for checking it out those of you listening to the podcast uh thanks for listening and we will see you next time thanks nestor thank you buddy.